Hello, and welcome back to another 3 Pete podcast. I am your host, Josh Fromwitz, and once again, I am joined by... Steven Benazzo. And Alex Castle. This week, we got a lot of sports to talk about again. We got to talk about the Yankees and how they're on the brink of elimination, unfortunately. We got a, a finals game five, an elimination game tomorrow night, and we got some football to uh, talk about. First, the Yankees, they looked very promising in game one. Garrett Cole looked dominant. Giancarlo Stanton and Glaber Torres, the bats were alive game one. Not so much game two and three, and now they're on the verge of elimination. I'm going to open up for you boys to answer what's going on with the Yankees right now. Well, I don't know, and I don't think anyone outside of the Yankees know. And to be honest, I don't even think the Yankees know what's going on. What I do know is the Rays are pretty legit, and the Rays, the Rays are playing good baseball. They're taking every opportunity they have and capitalizing on it. I mean, they have men on base. They're getting base hits. They're getting home runs. The Yankees have men on base. They strike out. Unless it's Stanton. I mean, I, 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 it's just so frustrating because we see during the regular season how they make all these comebacks. You know, even game one, they start off, you know, Scoring, getting a sack fly, top first, and then the Rays bounce back. I mean, both teams are going back and forth, and then the Yankees top nine unleashed for like four runs, five runs. And even during the Indian series, the Yankees came back in that, you know, second game, which clinched them the wild card victory over the Indians to move on to the ALDS. But I mean, against Tampa Bay now, they can't seem to play baseball. I granted they have struggled against Tampa Bay all season long, but they got to figure it out. And now Tampa Bay, they're in control of the series. They, they hold the leverage. The Yankees, I don't know. I, as a fan, but also just as a baseball fan, I'm not too confident for the Yankees. I really, it's an uneasy feeling. I don't feel like they have this and it's, Sad to say as a Yankees fan, and it's sad to say just for the Yankees themselves because usually they're regarded as, you know, the top team or as this, you know, elite franchise, but they're not showing that. So let's see if they can make some change for this game. And, I mean, basically now they have to win two straight. So the Rays really hold the leverage. Castle, you have more? No, Steve, I mean – you, you touched on a lot of great points. Going into this series, I was really worried with Tampa's bullpen, and it's clearly showing with how we're doing up at the plate. When you have a guy like Aaron Judge, who's supposed to be the face of the franchise, and he's either striking out or just hitting a home run, you know, you need a guy like that to have plate discipline, especially in a series like this. And, and overall, I mean, this, this is not the New York Yankees team that we as fans are typical to. You look at how they entered the season. They, they were talked about as going to the World Series, and now they could be eliminated. Like you said, I don't think anyone in the organization knows what's going on. I think there's a lot of problems. I'm really hoping they can, they can pull out the win. Josh, I know you have a point. Yeah. Um... I want to propose a question to both of you guys. We've seen questionable calls managerial in this series. Do you think that there needs to be change, a change in the offseason? I'm moving on from Aaron Boone. That's tough. I mean, listen, 
at first Boone, you know, I didn't mind the hire. And then his first season was questionable, but I really liked him last season. And I was liked him for most of this season. But I don't know. He, again, it's these questionable moves like game two, only pitching Debbie Garcia one inning and then throwing in Hap. Hap blows it. Extre- like just I get rid of Hap, please. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, Why is Hap still in the league? That that's what I want to know. <laughs> I don't know. He's so bad. And I, I don't know. It, you would I just I gotta see the candidates too that are available because Boone now has experience, but listen, this Yankees team should not be getting bounced, you know, the ALDS, ALCS now. Listen, that one year that Girardi took them to the ALCS when Judge was like a rookie, Sanchez was like a second-year guy, that was very, very, like, um, impressive. You know, they weren't supposed to be there. So I was like, you know what? That was supposed to be kind of like still part of a rebuild year. Now, three years later, they should be contending for the World Series every year, and they haven't. They have not made one appearance. So, listen, they, last year they lost to a tough Astros team. Whatever. We now signed Garrett Cole from them. Them themselves have struggled. And look at the Rays. The Rays, they don't really have one, like, superstar like we do. We have Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, DJ LeMayhew. Glaber Torres is a young, rising star. So we have all these guys. The Rays, the thing with the Rays, they just have a really a lot of solid guys. And they all can like do different things well. Like, why are they dominating our team? We should be the ones who are dominating them. I mean, we spend all this money on these guys and we haven't gotten the results we wanted. So listen, I don't want to get rid of Cashman. I think Cashman is doing an excellent job. He went out and got Cole, which we needed. And you saw game one, Cole pitched extremely well. He showed that he's an ace, our ace. But, you know, you might have to look into moving Boone, you know, moving on. So I'm still kind of torn. I think it's fair to say, Steve, I'm torn too. I mean, one thing that can be brought up, I don't know how much this really plays into a factor. Um, but you, you got to think, you got to think about, you know, what, what the season really was when it started, how it started. I mean, sure. Boone to an extent should have been prepared as he's been the manager for this team for multiple seasons now. But on the other hand, you know, the preparation and not knowing when the season was going to start and how many games, you know, he was kind of just like every other team in the league. He was just kind of thrown into the situation. And maybe to an extent, it, it rattled him. Maybe it kind of rattled the system. I really don't know. But the one thing that I will say, and Steve, I think this is something you really, really hit the nail on the head with, the fact that they're spending all of this mo- that they spent all of this money, the fact that we have all of these high-profile players and we are struggling to play against the Rays, I really do think you have to start to look at your management. I, I do agree with that. Yeah. And also, too, is guys got to stop, for the Yankees, have to stop making excuses. I know Jay Happ, um, during his press conference after the game two loss, which basically he lost that game. I mean, I know Debbie allowed that one run, but then the Yankees tied it right back up with Stan's, what, first home run, right? And, you know, Happ said, well, I 
you know, usually I'm used to pitching from the first inning. I didn't know that I was going to be coming in the second inning. But why does that matter? You were given a tied game, so basically it was like it was 0-0. You start in the second inning, so basically the game still hasn't even really, like, been happening. It wasn't like he got put in the sixth inning, seventh inning. So why are you making excuses? You sh- the thing he should have said is, you know what? I let my team down. They trusted me with that game. He pretty much got the start that game. I mean, Debbie seemed like he didn't even pitch. And he let his team down by allowing – how many runs did he allow again? Four? So – and this is not just like – it just seems like the Yankees in general are just making excuses for every reason why they're not succeeding, but instead of just – really holding themselves accountable. And even Boone, like, Boone, we see him, he could get intense. I mean, with the whole savages last year and yelling at the arms and stuff like that. I mean, it's funny, but the guys bought in. The guys love that. And they went on that good streak last year. We haven't found that yet this year. I Like, the Yankees don't have an identity this year. And I think the Rays, they're not making excuses after that game one loss. Clearly didn't make any excuses because Glass now and the rest of the race pitchers that came struck out 18 Yankees hitters. And then yesterday, same thing, Charlie Morin dominated the Yankees. The only Yankees that's not really making an excuse right now is John Carlos Stanton because that dude is on a mission. He's trying to prove everyone wrong. And you know what? I think it's time that not only Yankees fans, but baseball fans give him the credit that he deserves because really without him, the Yankees would be nowhere near even contending in the series. So that's all I have to say with the Yankees because I'm about to blow a gasket. <laughs> yeah, another thing I want to talk about, even though you said we're not making excuses and I'm not making any excuses, give the Rays all the credit. But I do want to talk about the uh, questionable calls by the umpires. It seems like in both in games two and three, both Yankee losses, there have been some questionable calls that have led to Ray's outbursts. And look, I'm not making, like I said, I'm not making any excuses. But it could have all been avoided, especially the strike him out, throw him out play that was called last night that led to the, the ball four and the walk. The ball four, extend the inning, and then followed by a three-run homer. That could have easily been avoided if the right call was made and would have gotten out of the inning. But Yankees pitching, aside from Cole, looks mediocre. And they want to stay in the series. They got to gotta find their, their game. That's the best way to put it. But... Moving on to a team that has found their game and their groove, the LA Lakers. They're looking for a finals victory tomorrow night against the Heat. They're up 3-1. They're going to wear their Mamba uniforms, Connor Kobe. LeBron looking for his fourth title. They're looking dominant. This Lakers team is a threat. The Heat, they're struggling right now. Do you think the Heat have a chance to come back in a series. Steve, I don't say no. Kelsey say no. It's here. Yeah, no. I don't, Josh. And, and here's why. Anthony Davis, you know, when people talked about Anthony Davis to me, people were like, you watch, this guy is going to be the face of the NBA one day. 
And this series is showing me that he really can be. I mean, the numbers that he's putting up, what he's doing as a big man for this team. I mean, it's incredible. And I just don't think Miami has the experience to contain someone like that on top of having guys like LeBron. However, I do think that because of the journey that this Heat team has been on, I wouldn't be surprised if they can pull out one more win. I don't think they're going to win the series. But I do think there's a shot for them to pull out one more win. But overall, I, overall I, I've just knew that this Laker team, they, they've, just, they've been on a mission. They have so much going for them. You know, like you said, Josh, LeBron going for another title. I'm sure they're, they're dedicating this, this, this whole season to Kobe. You know, they, they, they want to show the league that, that, you know, pairing LeBron and AD together was not, was not going to be a flop. You know, it, it wasn't going to be, oh, another duo that was, that was going to separate. They're proving that they can make it work. And it's, and it's, and it's been really great. But I do want to give a shout out to this Heat team. Um, I, I, I've not been a big fan of Jimmy Butler until until this this year honestly I didn't really know too much about the guy I I wasn't sure about his attitude because of his experiences with Minnesota which we've touched upon before in some other shows but I give the guy a lot of credit he's someone that can he is someone that I put in the category of where he can run a team if he's got good talent around him so with that being said don't be surprised if they win one more game but I, I think LA is going to seal the deal. Well, my Lakers pick is looking pretty good right now. <laughs> but um, listen, Castle, you brought up a lot of good points. I mean, this Lakers team just feels like they have like a a good swag they're playing with. Like they they are going out and just playing with each other, playing good basketball. And not that the Heat aren't, because the Heat have done that all playoffs. And unfortunately, the Heat have lost Drogic. Bam was out a couple games. So those are costly injuries. However, it just it seems like you know, Jimmy Butler's giving it his all, Tyler Harrow's giving it all, but Tyler Harrow's only 20 years old. This is, I believe, Jimmy Butler's first NBA finals ever. So there's a lot to learn. Um, what they have done so far has been remarkable, but there's still um there's still time for them to learn from this and you know, use it for next year. But the Lakers, they're just playing some good basketball. And even I have a stat because a lot of people are saying, you know, this is one of LeBron's worst, in quotation marks, NBA finals. I mean, the dude's averaging 27.8 points per game, 11 rebounds, and a half assists. But the thing is, one, those stats are still amazing. It's better than probably any other just average player or a good player would average. But he doesn't even need to get those insane stats like he was the last time he was in the finals with the Cavs. He didn't have to try to do everything by himself because he has a guy like Anthony Davis. He has just solid bench guys like Rondo, Dwight Howard, um, Kuzma. So that's why this is making it easy on LeBron, especially who's in, you know, year, what, 17 or whatever crazy high number it is. So, I mean, that's why Anthony Davis is just such a perfect perfect complement to LeBron James. And Anthony Davis is just playing extremely well 
for the Lakers. And um, that's why I think, I mean, to be honest, the Lakers might just end it game five. I, part of me thinks there will be a game six like Castle. I think the Heat might, you know, win at least one more game. But, I mean, the Lakers are just going to win the series. LeBron's going to get another finals, MV, uh, finals championship. I don't know about finals MVP. I think Anthony Davis might get that. Um, so, but, you know, I'm good for the Lakers, though. I think they deserve this. Not that the Heat don't, but it's been a long time coming. It's been a long time since Lakers last won one. And everything that has happened this year, I think um, – I think it's only right that they host up the trophy. Yeah. Um, I, part of me thinks also that there's going to be a game six, but the Lakers are undefeated in those Mamba uniforms. I think the right way to honor him is staying undefeated, winning in game five. And LeBron or Anthony Davis will – win finals MVP. They're going to win the championship on Friday night. The Heat are a good team. And I think in future years, they're going to make deep runs. Like we did not expect this one this year, except me. I expected it. I called it. But if the Heat add one more weapon for Jimmy Butler, watch out for next year. The Heat will be a contender again, but enough basketball talk. We got to talk some football. Steve, your Bears play tonight. Castle, unfortunately, our two teams are still playing football. I don't want to talk about the Jets. So I'm going to let you two boys go before me because I need to avoid talking about the Jets at all costs. So, Alex, let's hear about them Giants. You know, I'm really disappointed that I'm saying this, but I'm starting to give up on Daniel Jones. It's very clear that he's regressing. I mean, the fact that Odell Beckham single-handedly has more touchdowns than the entire Giants offense this season is very embarrassing. I don't know what is going on with Joe Judge. You know, when, when he came into the system, I thought, okay, here's a guy who's a special teams coordinator who's used to addressing the entire team, who's used to working with the entire team. And yet he can't find a way for Jones to connect with any of the receivers. It's like Jones just looks rattled in the pocket. He, he, he the, I, I just see a lack of confidence in him. And that's, that in my opinion is the biggest thing because if the quarterback is not confident with an offense that's already struggling, then your whole system is, you know, crumbling. Um, going into this week against Dallas, I'm not really expecting much. I mean, they're coming off a, a bad beat to the Browns. I mean, giving up 49 points to Cleveland. I mean, I think any team would want to come back and win. So if, I, if, if I'm the Giants at this point, I either – start figuring out new ways to work with this offense, start getting Jason Garrett to come up with some stuff. We're honestly tank for Trevor Lawrence. That that's, that's, that's where I'm at at this point. I mean, we, we can't keep, we can't keep investing in these picks that Gettleman 
is speaks so highly of. I mean, don't don't forget, guys. Daniel Jones was projected to go 19th Denver in the draft, and we picked him at six. Just something to keep in mind. Um, however, I am a fan, so I don't want to bash the team completely. I like what I saw from the defense. Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, I'm very happy with those two. They're really stepping it up. Josh, I'm sorry it took for Leonard Williams to be in another system to actually see what this guy's capable of. But I'm very happy about that. Maybe, who knows, maybe they can put some pressure to this Dallas O line. I don't think Dallas's line is as good as it used to be. I think, uh, I think they've downgraded a little bit. So we'll see. But that's all I got. Go Giants, and let's hope we can beat Dallas. But you mentioned uh, Jason Garrett, obviously coming from Dallas all those years. You think Jason Garrett's going to get his revenge on his old team and give the Giants their first one of the season, Alex? There's definitely a chance, Josh. There's, there's definitely a chance. I mean, you know, he is the former head coach. So he's going to know what that team's going to work like more than anyone. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a shot. I'm sure he'll want vengeance for it. He was with the organization for a good amount of time. He was family friends with Jerry Jones. So I, I could definitely see that. And I will say this too. I'm not – and you guys can elaborate on this as well. I personally have not been too impressed with Mike McCarthy with his first season with Dallas. Yeah, I agree with that. Mike McCarthy, look, their offense has been there for the Cowboys, but defensively giving up 49 points to Baker Mayfield, that's ridiculous. The Cowboys have not impressed me. They're one in three. Like I said, if the Giants pull out a win, they're – and the Eagles lose this week, and the and Washington loses, the Giants will be in first place. Like, that's just pathetic. The NFC East is not a division. But – So embarrassing. St- Steve, your, your boys play tonight. They got a tough one. You got Brady versus Foles again. That'll be a fun one. Yeah, well, I hope. <laughs> I mean, listen, last week was – tough to watch. I mean, Nick Foles got his first start. Didn't look that solid for most of the game. I mean, if you would say garbage time is when he picked it up a little bit. But, listen, one, it was against the Colts defense. Colts defense is, like, ranked number one right now. They are playing really, really well. And this was Nick Foles' first week of getting all the reps with the starting offense. For the past like three weeks, he was working with the backups, you know, not really being the guy. So now that just switched. Um, but it is a big game tonight, and the Bears historically have not stopped Brady. Brady usually does pretty well against the Bears. Uh, granted, that was all with New England, so now with Tampa Bay and a whole new team is different. But Tampa Bay, again, is no pushover. They're a solid team. They have won three in a row. They have looked really solid. Um, I mean, the one positive I can say is the Bucks are a little banged up. I mean, not that's a positive because, like, again, I don't like – I like teams going at it full force. You don't like to see injuries. But if you had to say it's a positive, you know, the Bucks are a little banged up, so the Bears need to take advantage of that. Chris Godwin is out. OG Howard is out. Fournette, I'm pretty sure, is, like, out. 
So basically that leaves Mike Evans, who's questionable. They're going to, he's a game time decision. So the bears need to take advantage of that. And the Bucks O-line has looked pretty good though. And our D-line has not looked impressive at all. Um, the Bears' defensive line, I think Eddie Goldman out, opting out, really hurt us. And you could just see – I mean, Akeem Hicks has been phenomenal. But besides him, really no one has forced any pressure. I mean, Cleo Mack has been forcing pressure, hasn't resulted in sacks. But, you know, Brady's not really mobile or agile. So if we can get to him, I think it will be pretty good. But they, the Bears just ha- – the offense just needs to show something. It's just getting tiring of just hoping every week and then it just resulting in the same result. Just barely can score all game, always just relying on field goals, and we miss half those field goals. And, like, the offense needs to be consistent. We can't just do well one quarter or one half and suck the other half. Like, all four quarters – be consistent and hopefully consistently good, not consistently bad. And so I know, I know I keep going just like rambling on. So, I mean, listen, it's a big game. They can, they're three and one second place behind the Packers who have looked super good, super, uh, you know, I'm nervous. They Packers are, they are just seem to be a step ahead of everyone right now. So, but the bears win, you know, four and one, That'd be a good record. Hopefully, Foles it will give him some confidence, get him some in a good groove going forward, and hopefully, I will be able to watch the full game and not have to turn it off, you know, halfway through. So, at this point, all I got to do is just watch and pray. Quickly, Steve, yeah. I just wanted to say I do actually have confidence in Chicago's defensive line tonight, only because, like. Tampa, they have young guys on the line who are still adjusting. And Chicago's got an impressive defensive line. So do not be surprised if they pressure Brady tonight. Yeah, I mean, we need to. And, and, and it's just weird because certain guys are just not getting that many – are not playing that much. Like Robert Quinn, we just signed him to a big contract, and he's really not on the field for all that much. Granted, he's not the best, like, pass coverage guy. But – you need him on the field. You sign him to be, you know, to be on the other side from Max. So you have the two of them coming at you and, you know, causing um, havoc on other offenses. And then a guy like Cole Komet, rookie tight end, drafted him in the second round, first pick of the whole draft for the Bears since they didn't have a first round for the, with the Cleo Mack trade. And he only had 15 snaps last game. You got to get him more involved. So certain guys are just not getting involved for whatever reason. However, I have been very, I have been really impressed with, um, I think, I believe he was our fifth round draft pick, Darnell Mooney, wide receiver. He has looked like he can be, you know, not an elite receiver, but a pretty solid guy, shifty, fast, quick. His hands, I mean, his hands were questionable, but so far he's made some nice catches. So I'm hoping he can make some noise tonight and just really get this offense to start kicking in gear and look like an actual NFL offense. Yeah, I can't relate being a Jets fan to that. Um, it's frustrating being a Jets fan. It's probably the same as being a Giants fan. 
go into Sunday, no Darnold. He got hurt Thursday and during the game. And then the doctors cleared him to return, even though he clearly was not right and he's hurt. So Joe Flacco is quarterback for the Jets Sunday. And that the former Super Bowl MVP, if he could work his magic, could lead us to victory against the Cardinals. And I'll be honest, I could see that happening. The Jets could go on a crazy streak and just ruin any possible draft position chances. It, it, it seems like that would be the Jets' luck. Adam Gase and Joe Flacco are more old school type than the modern day football that we have in Darnold's. So who knows? I, I could honestly see this offense actually get going with Flacco and Darnold being out week to week. But who knows? We are going against the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, DeAndre Hopkins. That's going to be a tough match for our defense. I don't know. Promise, I have but, a couple questions for you. Yeah. One, what was the Jets' decision to suit Becton up? And then when your backup tackle for him, who was starting in place of Becton, got hurt and then Becton went in, re-injured himself, why would you do that for your first-round draft pick, who has looked <laughs> highly promising? I mean, and what's his, like, what's the severity now? Did he worsen the shoulder injury or – um, uh, first, I just want to say I'm not answering any questions that are on Adam Gase's behalf because I do not support him being our head coach. Um, yes, he, it, he did worsen the injury, but not severely. He is limited in practice this week with the hopes to play Sunday. And I think he is playing Sunday. But like I said, I, I don't want to answer questions that or Adam Gase's decision because it seems like everything the Jet fans want he just does the opposite. But dude, Makai Becton, I will be honest, if you saw that game, he was lined up against Bradley Chubb and Chubb obviously had his best game of his career. He had all his sacks and his attacks when Becton was not on the field. And when Becton was on the field for that short time, he was quiet. So Beckton is a difference maker for us, and he's proven to be a sick left tackle for us. But it's time. Our new segment, Stardom Sidems. I did not do too hot last week starting Kenyon Drake. I apologize if anyone took my advice with that. I lost my fantasy week because of that. I'm sure a lot of people who also had him lost as he gave me three points, and it was pathetic. But he's playing the Jets this week, so I'm sure he'll – do well. So Stevie, start us off. Let's hear your stardoms this week. So for me, I, uh, you know, it was definitely tough to um, figure out who I wanted to start and sit. Um, the past couple of weeks, I had more of an, uh, a greater idea to say. And this week, I just, it, it was definitely tougher. But I did come with a decision. Um, and this is not biased. This is just me trying to be real. But for my first start, I, I said Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson with Nick Foles um, finishing the game against Atlanta and then starting last week against Indy. Allen Robinson has had his two best games so far this season. Against Atlanta, he had 10 catches for 123 yards and one touchdown. 
And last week he had seven catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. And so, I mean, listen, hopefully he, that means he's just catching fire. Um, and he's going against the Bucks D and the Bucks D, even though they have looked pretty solid, they still have allowed um, wide receivers to put up some good numbers. And I mean, even last week, like, even though they beat the chargers, Justin Herbert still had over, yeah, or he had like just around 300 passing yards. So, and that was to a rookie quarterback. So, granted, some may say, well, Herbert's more talented than Foles, but Foles is a veteran. Foles has played in a lot bigger games. So, I expect Allen Robinson, who's a Bears star receiver, to do pretty well. Um, and, you know, even if he doesn't have over 100 receiving yards or whatever, I expect him to at least score or at least a touchdown or he's definitely going to get a lot of targets. So I think he should have a good game. Um, my other one, and this name might not be known as well yet, but he will be soon. And my next stardom is Brandon Ayuk, rookie receiver for the 49ers. I have had him on my bench the past couple of weeks and it has turned out to, um, hurt me because I could have used his points in my flex spot or even a starting receiving spot. He has scored in back-to-back games. Um, he missed the first couple of games season two. So now the games he has played, he scored in back-to-back games. And the thing with him is he's so versatile. Not only is he used in the pass game as a receiver, he's also used in the rush game and not like lining up right behind the quarterback, like a running back, but they do jet sweeps with him. They do, you know, they motion him all over the field. So he's being, they try to utilize him in every different um, way. So it's not just like he's typically lining up on the outside. Um, and he's going against Miami, who Miami, their secondary has, um, it's not as strong right now with Byron Jones out. And Miami still, their defense is definitely playing better, but they're still not, you know, one of those solid defenses. They're going to allow points. And you saw last week, Russell Wilson stole through like four touchdowns against them. So I believe Ayuk, even if, again, if he doesn't, he may not get that many yards, but he's, I believe he's going to score. I mean, he just seems like they, especially when they get in the red zone, they want to get Ayuk the ball because he can, he's so like after the catch or once they give it to him, he's so um, athletic that he hurdled the guy he hurdled the guy to get into the end zone. I mean, he's that talented. So they want to keep getting the ball. They want to feed him the ball more and more as the weeks go on. So I expect him to have a good game against Miami. So those are my two stardoms. Um, and then from it's, I'll let you go back uh, to what you and Castle have. I like that actually. Brandon Ayuk has been pretty deadly. You mentioned his hurdle into the end zone. I, I was watching that game against the Eagles. I was sick. He, you don't know where what he's gonna do. He he's just so quick. He could be a deep threat. Come on a receiver ha- uh, sweep. They they like to use him and Debo Samuel. And I think if you have him on your bench, definitely start him. That's a good pick, Steve. Alex, let's hear what you got this week for stardoms. All right, gentlemen. So my first stardom for this week is tight end from the Indianapolis Colts, 
known as Mo Ali Cox. And here's why I started him. So you look at the numbers in comparison to Jack Doyle. Now, Jack Doyle in the past has been the go-to guy for the Colts. I've seen that's not the case. You look at what he, you look at what he's done in the past two weeks. He's gotten, oh, he's gotten at least one touchdown and he's had at least three to five targets. So that's big when on an offense where you have a young running back in Jonathan Taylor and you have, you know, you have a receiver like Hilton. Also, they're going up against the Browns this week. Now, look, even though Cleveland did win last week, still gave up 38 points. Or their defense, I'm sorry. Their defense still allowed 38 points. So, basically, I mean, the guy's been putting up solid numbers for the Colts. He's been a big target for them in the red zone. If you got him this week, I think he's going to be a great stardom. Just beware, though, that he's not he's not going to put up the same numbers as Travis Kelsey. I don't want to put out that expectation, but he's still solid. Weeks two and three, he did get over 10 points. And week two, he had over 100 receiving yards. So, and I think that's, and that was against, that was against the Vikings. So I think this guy is going to continue to be solid. If you have him, definitely start him. And the other guy who I say you start this week, someone who I've been impressed with, is Justin Jefferson. He has been showing that he's been a great pick for this Vikings team. Seems like he's a good deep threat for Cousins. I'm not too crazy. I'm not too crazy about their matchup for the week in terms of them going up against Seattle's D. I'm not crazy about Seattle's secondary. I think a young receiver like Jefferson could definitely give them a hard time. And especially if Dalvin Cook isn't successful on the run game, he'll be utilized even more. So two star, that, those are my two stardoms for the week. Both are very good options, Castle. I didn't actually think about the Mo Ali Cox one until you said that, and now I'm thinking about it. And that's, that's good. The Browns struggle against tight ends this year. Uh, but Justin Jefferson uh, – I'm glad you mentioned him because if you didn't, I was going to. He's he's good. He him and Adam Thielen are a good one-two combination. They're looking to be what he's looking to be what Stephon Diggs was for uh, Kirk Cousins. Obviously, he's not there yet. Not there yet. He can be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's quick and he's got good hands. Obviously, he's had great. He's had a great quarterback throwing him in college with Joe Burrow. And now he's having Kirk Cousins throw him the ball. Look, Kirk Cousins isn't that accurate, but he, he could still throw that deep ball to him. So two good picks. For my start of Sidhams, I'm sorry about the first one, Alex, but I'm going to go with C.D. Lamb. And I know you have him on fantasy, so you're in a tough spot here. But C.D. Lamb against the Giants, like I don't know what else I need to say besides that. Um, the Giants, their D held up last week against the Rams. I will give them credit. Jared Goff struggled last week. They didn't have a run game. And their pass, his passing game just wasn't really there. And the Giants defense held up. But Dak Prescott and 
he threw for 500 yards in a loss. Like, who does that? C.D. Lamb was a huge was a huge factor in that, having two touchdowns. He's proven to be a solid two receiver. He's bumped up over Michael Gallup's spot. Him, him and Amari Cooper are a very good combination together. Two weapons that Dak loves throwing to. C.D. Lamb has already proven to be the best, arguably, receiver, rookie receiver. Him, Justin Jefferson, Jerry Judy. Um, so, yeah, if you have C.D. Lamb, I would start him. I know you're starting him, Alex. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Josh, usually a, a stardom against the Giants, I'd go back and forth. But like you said, CeeDee Lamb's been really solid. Guy had 25.2 points for me last week. He hasn't, he hasn't had anything under 10 points since week one. Very, very good one with that. And the other stardom I'm going to go with is a former Jet. I'm going to go with Robbie Anderson. He's proven to be a star now that he's had that change of scenery. I guess that's like a common theme. You leave the Jets and you break out. Look at Leonard Williams with the Giants. But Robbie Anderson is a tall, speedy weapon on the outside for Teddy Bridgewater. And he's going up against the second worst defense, according to Fantasy, in the Atlanta Falcons. They're ranked 31st. They've allowed 30-plus points every single game this year. He's he's just special. He Robbie Anderson's having a great year. Teddy Bridgewater loves throwing to him. No Christian McCaffrey. It seems like it's a match made in heaven. Start, start Robbie Anderson. And now uh, – I actually want to ask you something quickly, just, just something that came to mind. Mm-hmm. Do you think – in a system with a different coach, the Darnold-Anderson deal could have worked. Because I, I think Anderson could have been, could have been great for, for sure. The- 100%. He wanted to stay with the Jets and was insulted by Joe Douglas's offer while trying to resign him. I think he only offered, he offered him like two years, 20 mil, and he was insulted yeah. by that. Um, and I, look, I personally wanted Robbie Anderson. I was at the the Jets uh, Cowboy game when he had his 95 yard touchdown run. It was crazy. It was special. Uh, he's a special talent, and I wish we could have made it work because clearly, we see that Darnold's struggling without him. But I'm glad he's doing well with the Panthers because I still really respect his game and what he provides to the offense of Carolina. Um, we'll switch things up. We'll go with Alex first for sit-ems. All right, here are my sit-ems for this week. My first sit-em is Chargers tight end Hunter Henry. Now, I'm saying this as, as someone who owns Hunter Henry. Um, I haven't been happy with the guy. I honestly thought he was a solid tight end for this team. Now, look, last week was his worst week. Every other week, he's been able to put up 10 points or more, which is solid. But my biggest issue with him this week is he is going into New Orleans. He's playing the Saints at home. We know they still got some solid guys on their defense. We know they still got Jordan. They got Malcolm Jenkins back. Justin Herbert entering into that zone as a rookie. I don't know, man. I'm not feeling good about it. Don't start Hunter Henry. I don't see him having a good week. 
I think that the Saints are really going to emphasize him and Keenan Allen. So no go to Henry. No go to Henry. And the other guy, I'm saying sit. This, this one should be pretty obvious, um, is Zach Ertz. I mean, the Eagles have been really disappointing this season. I don't know what's going on with Carson Wentz. I don't know what's going on with Doug Peterson. I like Doug. Listen, I'm a Giants fan. Despise the Eagles, but I respect Doug Peterson as a coach for bringing that organization their first Super Bowl. I do. But I don't know what is going on with them. They can't get anything going on on offense. It doesn't seem like Ertz and Wentz are communicating well. And going up against an undefeated team on the road with Pittsburgh, with the loaded defense they have, it should be a no-brainer. Bench Zachary. All right, Steve, let's hear your right. uh, your sit-ems. So my sit-ems, so I went two running backs this week, and the first one I'm going to say, some people might be like questioning why I would say to sit-em. So my first one is Kareem Hunt. Now, we all know, or for the people that don't know, Nick Chubb is out six weeks with, I believe it's an ankle injury. So obviously Hunt, is going to be the guy that will start and get most of the reps, but he's going against the Colts D and we saw what the Colts D has done all year. And especially what they did last week against the bears offense. Now the bears offense, like I said earlier, hasn't been consistent, hasn't really shown up, but they're running. The rushing game has been pretty good so far. They were, they were averaging like, I think 130 yards per game rushing. Um, now, it wasn't all just Montgomery. It was basically, it was just total. But that was the one thing the Bears were doing well, and they could not run the ball at all last week. I think Montgomery had like 27 rushing yards total. So, I don't know. I just think Kareem Hunt, he's a very good back. But I just, against that Colts D, I don't feel confident. And especially how well the Browns passing attack did. I think they're going to want to try to expand that more and really get that going, get Baker going. So, and plus the Browns, they always just kind of use a bunch of running backs. And when Nick Chubb is there, they use Hunt, they use their backups. I'm trying to think that I think they have Hillard as one of their backups. I'm trying to remember because I know guys just keep going in and out for that franchise, with especially running backs. So I just, I just personally believe Cream Hunt, Cream Hunt may have a decent game, but I don't think he's – going to have a game that's worth starting for. So personally, if you have him, I would sit him. And for my other one is Miles Sanders of the Eagles. And this is back-to-back weeks where I'm having um, why I said to sit in Eagle. Listen, Miles Sanders had a really good year last year as a rookie. And this year, he hasn't been awful, but he hasn't looked – anything special either like he did last year um the highest he's rushed for in the game so far has been 95 yards and he did that twice which is pretty respectable but he hasn't gone over 100 yards like he did last year and then last week against the 49ers defense which is still a very good defense but they're out 
you know, they're without Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas. They're out with um, some key guys. He only had like 46 rushing yards, and he's going against Pittsburgh's defense, which they're like number two behind the Colts. And Pittsburgh has not allowed more than 100 rushing yards total to any of the teams they have played, not to just one guy, but to everyone that, um, you know, they had run the ball during that game. So, And plus the Steelers have played, you know, Saquon Barkley. Um, I believe they have played the Texans. So David Johnson's not what he used to be, but he's still pretty solid. And even Deshaun Watson, who can run. So, and Daniel Jones. So as you can see, they have been able to stop the run. So if Miles Sanders couldn't really get going last week when the Eagles actually looked decent, looked the best they have played yet, I don't know if he'll be able to have a, um, a good game this week. He may be more of a threat out of the receiving field, or not field, but receiving um, area, but I don't, I don't think um, he's going to be a factor as much as he usually is. So my two sit are those guys. I Again, they could, they could go off, but for me, with my gut feeling, I think they will have off games. So Farmitz, those are my sit I don't know if you agree with them, but, you know, that's what I believe. I just want to say, like, I like the Miles Sanders one. I agree 100%. Uh, I'm torn with your uh, cream hunt. I get where you're coming from. I like that Colts defense also. I, I just can't see it, though. Last week, in Chubb's absence, and then when Hunt became the number one running back, he had his two touchdowns. Granted, that was against the Dallas defense, which is not the Colts defense. But I I think Baker, in order for him to succeed in the passing game, he needs to rely on a run game. And that's where Kareem Hunt comes into play. So I just can't see that. Let's hear what you got to say. No, um, I mean, you hit the point where the, the Cowboys defense is just historically bad this year. But, you know, it is tough because they're going to want to try to get Hunt going. Like you said, Baker needs a rush, the run game to be doing well in order for him to expand the field and um, get it to guys like Odell and Jarvis or Austin Hooper. I don't know. That Colts defense, though, they just, they have looked, they've really impressed me. So that's why I think um, that it's just a big game for, it's a big test for the Browns and Hunt. And if he could do well, then I think he'll be doing well for the next couple of games, but if he doesn't do well, then who knows how he will, you know, do in Chubb's absence. So mm-hmm. I respect that. No, it's, it's a bold pick and I like bold picks. That's oh, why that's I'm also going to, yeah. I'm going to go bold. Also, we'll start off the rookie. We mentioned Jefferson, CD lamb starting for sure. I'm gonna go with the rookie to sit and that's going to be Denver. Wide receiver, Jerry Judy. I like him. I have him in one of my leagues. But I'm going to keep him on my bench this week. He's going up against New England. Granted, they don't have Stephon Gilmore because he tested positive for COVID. But they still have Jason McCourty, who obviously is no Stephon Gilmore. But I would say he's still a solid corner. He's been an all-pro corner before. You still have his twin brother, Devin, in the as a safety. Those... The defense is pretty good still. Granted, they don't have – I mean, I have Cam Newton for offense. But Jerry Judy, 
Uh, he had a good game against the Jets, but he had two catches. One of them was a deep touchdown, but that's it. And that's against the Jets. The Patriots' defense is better than the Jets. He got solid corners. I don't see Judy having a good game being faced up, being matched up with a solid corner like that. And my other pick is going to be Terry McLaurin, who has been having a great year. Wide, wide receiver, Washington football team. But there was a change made yesterday. The person who's been throwing him the ball, caused him to have his breakout year, was benched. That uh, was Dwayne Haskins. Kyle Allen now is the starter. Haskins got demoted to third string. Alex Smith is the backup now. And I, do, I just don't know where that chemistry is. They got Kyle Allen from Carolina. And he hasn't been taking many first string reps with the exception of this week. So I don't know where that chemistry will be. I think they'll try to establish a run game early to build confidence, but I don't see McLaurin having the usual great games he's been having the previous few weeks. So those are my two sit I don't know what you guys think about them. I like I mean, them both. You go ahead, Steve. No, Castle, you you said I like I, I, I like, like both. I do. I mean, it's very disappointing with, with Jerry Judy because I think if Locke was healthy, he would be he wouldn't even be in this discussion for Sidham. Um and then with Terry McLaurin, yeah, I I agree. I'm not crazy about Kyle Allen. However, knowing what Ron Rivera is like. I, wouldn't ex- I don't think Allen's going to be the guy for the rest of the season. This could just be a tactic for, for the team to try to get Haskins into gear. So we'll see. But overall, I do like both of them. I feel bad for McLaurin. You know, he, he's put up numbers with every quarterback he's played with. But he can never just play with a consistent quarterback. And I thought – him and Dwayne would be a really special connection, which it has been, but I thought Dwayne would be doing a lot better than he has been, uh, especially since both of them played together at Ohio State. So, yeah, if the Redskins could just find him a consistent quarterback, whether that is Haskins or they got to sign another guy, or draft another guy, whatever, but because we saw McLaurin, he has made a name for himself in this league. And then Judy... Judy went with playing with Tua for a couple of years, and now same thing. He's been playing with different quarterbacks since Drew Locke went down, and then Brett Ripien, and also um, Jeff Driscoll. So they they can't seem to find a guy to replace Locke while he's out. So because he's 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 a good young player, but when there's just not a consistent quarterback to work with, it just makes it hard to produce and do well so i do like those picks and i like both of your picks that you both gave and that will conclude another 3p podcast episode but first i just want to remind everyone to follow our instagram at the 3p podcast our social media guy matthew angler is doing a great job posting content every day um so shout out to Matt. Um, 
But thank you all for tuning in. Once again, I am Josh Fromowitz, and I am joined by Stephen Bonazzo and Alex Castle. Let's go Yankees. Let's go Jets. Let's go Giants. Let's go Bears. Uh, got a busy week of sports, and we'll tune in to next week's show. Thank you. Thank you.